Hello again. Welcome to another edition of the Cricket Yorkshire podcast. I'm your host, John Fuller, and this time we're going to have a chat about the 100 and all things professional cricket. Now, that's the tournament that's coming in 2020. There's going to be a men's and a women's squad, and essentially there's going to be eight city-based franchise teams that will be doing battle across the land. Well, first and foremost, the first question that springs to mind is, do we need it? Now, there may be many county cricket fans listening to this podcast that are screaming, no, oh no, do we not need it? We have a number of formats that are very successful and popular already, not least the T20 Blast that has seen attendances growing. So, no, we don't need it. But I'm afraid, ladies and gentlemen, that ship has well and truly sailed. So it's October now at the time of the recording of this podcast and there's going to be a draft and obviously the tournament's nailed down for next summer, I believe it's July time from memory. It's going to be screened partially on the BBC and then also on Sky. And as I mentioned earlier, there's going to be men's and women's teams. So whether or not you think we need it, and uh, I'd certainly be in the camp that says not remotely do we need it, uh, it's happening, it's here uh, and to be honest, we have to, as county cricket fans or England cricket fans or whatever type of formats you like and whatever your preference is, it's, it's happening and it's obviously intended to improve participation and to encourage new audiences. Now, obviously, you may or may not agree with that point of view uh, in terms of its success. We'll have to wait and see. But that's certainly the intention. Uh, and I suppose to play devil's advocate for a sec. Um, there's, there's certainly nothing in me that says that's a bad idea. It's just obviously the way it's been handled up until this point, you could argue, is, is not exactly brought uh, the cricket community along with it. To be honest, I think much of the opposition, or at least part of the opposition to the 100, is the impact it's inevitably going to have on the schedule and potentially different formats of the game that we currently all enjoy and uh, appreciate. Obviously, you've got at the start of the season the county championship, so it tends to be bookended at the start and the end uh, with a few games scattered in the middle, but largely it's at April and then September. And then you've got the 50-over competition, which has already been officially downgraded uh, to more of a development league, which would be uh, a great shame because it's been a very successful league uh, and competition in its own right. And I think to downgrade it sends out the wrong message, personally. Uh, It's obviously an opportunity in some regards to see county players and maybe second team players and younger lads that are not getting the opportunities at the moment. Um, But it certainly, it feels odd to me to downgrade any of the tournaments. If if you have to do that, then I would say that we've got the scheduling wrong. To be honest with you, I think the main worry, or certainly one of the chief worries if you're a cricket fan in England, Wales, and you like your county cricket, and you like certain formats as they are at the moment, then the worry is the 100, it just throws a wrecking ball into the middle of that. Because if it succeeds, as I guess we're all hoping to a greater or lesser extent, in terms of encouraging more boys and girls into cricket, getting people that don't know about the game to maybe go and watch a game, uh, watch on TV, then go to a stadium, you know, that's all positive for the game. I'm, I'm not against any of that, to be honest. But if the 100 does as well as we think uh, it might, with all the resources thrown at it, then inevitably those games and that schedule will expand. And and where's the flex, you know? That's what I'm asking myself. Are we going to start in, say, what, 
January, February and go through to November. I know that's uh, exaggeration, but, you know, there really isn't much wriggle room. One of my grievances with the 100 is that the argument I hear time and again is that it isn't for you. Now, by that, people mean uh, I'm 40-odd, I am set in my ways, I like four-day cricket, I like test cricket, I don't like a format that is over in a blink of an eyelid. Uh, I think cricket can do okay without fireworks. I'm pretty controversial, all things said. Um, But my issue is that you cannot create a new format, in fact, a new form of cricket altogether, and expect an entirely new audience just to materialise from nowhere. Whatever research you've done, and I've yet to see any of it, well, let me put it this way. It may surprise you, astound you, Cricket Yorkshire podcast listeners that I don't, oh, I haven't seen the uh, the research from the ECB around the new audience that is meant to be out there, but that's kind of irrelevant. I hope that there are people out there that are going to flock in their thousands, hundreds of thousands to cricket in the coming years. I really do. But then the short term, it's inevitable that those supporting the hundred are going to be from the existing audience. It's not rocket science. And you're kind of asking them to invest in yet another format, put their hand in their pocket and buy the shirts and go to the stadiums. And I think what's been lacking up until this point, and they will have quite a job to swing around opinion on it, is to include the buy-in of everyone and try and get everyone on board. You're always going to appeal against traditionalists who would rather walk over hot coals than support someone like the Northern Superchargers if they're a die-in-the-wall Durham or Yorkshire fan. Of course, you, you're going to offend some people and you're going to shake things up and that's to be expected. But there are many, I suppose, moderate cricket fans out there that uh, could have been dealt with uh, a bit more amenably, if I could put it like that. Uh, and I think they have a, a PR campaign, the mother of all PR campaigns coming if they're to get people back on side. I think another issue with 100, and again, this is, when it's something new, then there's time before people get used to the idea. Uh, And it'd be really interesting to hear from, I suppose, Australian or Indian cricket fans, actually, when their respective competitions, the um, IPL and the Big Bash came in. Um, Yeah, what was the reaction to those? Because obviously uh, there are state competitions and there are other competitions, but this really mixed things up. And I guess... In England, you've got the county system, uh, and that's been going for literally hundreds of years. And something like this, where it's reduced to such a small amount of teams and there are people that miss out, and the way you carve things up and you base them in cities, then you're kind of forcing a sense of identity on people that doesn't exist. Now, as I just alluded to in Australia and India, that has happened successfully. So it's not that it can't happen. But in England, I do think it's a different dynamic. I really do. And I think the identity of the team matters such a a great deal in terms of getting people to buy in and take the Northern Superchargers. So that's the team in the north that essentially covers the counties of Durham and Yorkshire. Uh, I believe, and I I don't have the anything other than the press reports that were sort of drip-fed out, that initially it was going to be called the Leeds Superchargers. And obviously with traditional sort of football rivalries and uh, just to talk about Yorkshire for a sec, that would have been a huge issue in terms of other parts of Yorkshire supporting a team that says Leeds in it. 
Um, and so they, I think they probably, and I again, uh, I don't know if it was always going to be Northern Superchargers or it's evolved, but um, that sense of identity and to get it right first up is, is really important. And I think for a lot of people, it sort of it, it makes it really tricky to to jump behind a, a team when uh, we're all used to county cricket. Um, and yeah, maybe it will bed in. Maybe people in a, a year or two will be be happy. But um, I think at the moment you've got something historic over many hundreds of years as York, Yorkshire County Cricket Club, uh, and from the same base then. Uh, possibly with the same resources and some of the same people involved, you're going to have something called the Northern Superchargers and you're expecting people to get excited about it, to, to support it. And it be really interesting to see how uh, English and Welsh cricket fans do that. And as we've seen from the draft, actually, uh, the players that have been selected for the different teams so far, uh, so Ben Stokes is going to be playing at the Northern Superchargers. Johnny Bairstow and Joe Root won't. Uh, they're off at other teams. So immediately you've got that very different dynamic there in terms of what Yorkshire County Cricket Club uh, members and supporters are used to seeing. Uh, suddenly you have Johnny Bairstow and Joe Root coming to Headingley as away cricketers for other teams. Shock horror. I guess at this stage, maybe I ought to assume that some of you listening don't actually know much about the 100 at all. Uh, and maybe you'd like to know what the actual teams are. And I guess if this was a polished, refined podcast, I'll have a script and uh, I'd be able to rattle off the teams because I'm well-researched, well-prepared, but uh, I'm ashamed. Well, no, I'm not ashamed, actually. It's just the way it is. Uh, I'm aware of the 100. I I know about it. But if you were to quiz me on the names of the teams, I'd probably be outrageously embarrassed. So uh, I'm literally on the 100 website now as we do this podcast live to give you a flavour of the team. So you've got the Birmingham Phoenix uh, with some sort of triangle design. Uh, you've got London Spirit. Um, that look, looks like a sort of vodka brand, if I was to suggest anything. You've got Manchester Originals, um, which is a sort of, it looks like a ge- geometry puzzle. Um the M is obviously incorporated into that design somewhere. Um, but, it, yeah, it reminds me of a sort of origami puzzle. But it's probably not the look they were going for, but very street. Then you've got the Northern Superchargers. Northern is uh, in the middle of the logo. Uh, Superchargers in bold either side. Block, simple, works, does the job, tick. Um, then you've got the Oval Invincibles of London. Um That'll be obviously down at Surrey County Cricket Club uh, with a a finger pointing up like you would if an umpire was giving a decision out. Um, I'm going to sound like a grumpy old so-and-so again, aren't I? Oh, well. Um, Yeah, to be honest, um, they don't do it for me. The Southern Brave, sorry, I should finish this. Uh, It looks like a flag um, sort of fluttering in the breeze. Trent Rockets, obviously Nottingham-based, where Joe Root will be playing his cricket from 2020. And then the Welsh Fire um, with um, Johnny Bairstow. That's that's where Johnny's going to play his cricket. Uh, so those are the teams. Um, and to be honest, I have no doubt whatsoever that in the fullness of time, 
uh, each of those will get their fan base together and people really enjoy wearing the strips and and they'll rally behind so um, I probably do sound like an extremely grumpy old man um, and maybe everyone's right in terms of um, this format isn't for you if you are of a certain mindset who knows um, I want to like it and I probably will be sort of curiously interested as to how it progresses um, but anyway if you are tuning in and you know nothing about the 100, then you can uh, obviously know a bit more now because I've just given you the names of the teams. Um, and you can go to the100.com if you are more interested, perhaps, to learn more after this podcast. Um, now, we talked a little bit about optics, a lovely word to, in terms of the media perceptions and how things are perceived by cricket fans and um I think one of the big issues, because we did talk about PR, I mentioned it earlier. Unfortunately for the 100, it's had another sort of PR fail when it had its launch. I don't know if you saw this, but um, essentially in terms of the sponsorship of each of the kits, each of the teams, uh, it's one company that is sponsoring all of them. And each uh, is a brand of this snack company. Uh, and so you've got different crisp um crisp brands adorning the shirts um why is that a problem well to be honest on the one hand sports sponsorship being as it is it's pretty um commonplace that junk food if you term such brands as junk food and i would never suggest at least not until i've checked my legal team never suggest that but um carbohydrate high is possibly another description i might be more familiar with um but yeah, essentially, uh, why would that be a problem? You know, in sports sponsorship, you see loads of uh, alcohol, gambling, um, fatty foods, you know, the lot. So um, should we be so picky if you have a load of cricket teams that launch with um, various um, crisp brands adorning them? Well, to my mind, um, and I put this on Twitter um, with a bit of a sort of rumble earlier this week, to my mind, it's a missed opportunity. You know, if as a governing body you're trying to get out the right messages around playing sport, staying active, being fit, all the rest of it, um, I appreciate you have to get your your pounds, your millions in, whatever it is to help uh, pay for things. So uh, I'm not so blue-eyed as to realise that isn't a challenge. Um, but that said, uh, it was really, really disappointing from uh, my point of view. Um, that when when the kits were revealed, we just saw a, a celebration of beige food and carbohydrate, if I can put it like that. So uh, obviously the the feedback in the press and uh, various health charities and all the rest of it, you know, there was a real backlash. And um, you've got to feel for those who are trying to get momentum behind the 100 and to kick it on and to give it some success um, at the launch. It, it really did cop some awful flack in terms of, uh, I say awful, uh, well-deserved if if you agree with me. But anyway, uh, it certainly cops some flack in terms of negative uh, publicity. Um, and um, we wait with bated breath as to what will be next revealed. But I guess that will be the draft and um, obviously lots more players joining those particular squads. So from their perspective, they will be hoping they can turn this tanker around and uh, hopefully drive some positivity into the process.
Now, I have to admit that if you were listening to this podcast and hoping for some upbeat, cheery thoughts on cricket to get you through a working week, then you might be a little disappointed. And you might be thinking, give me some positivity, for goodness sake. So, yeah, in fairness, I have been a bit grumpy. Uh, And in fairness, also, I've been a bit moderate in terms of my uh, thoughts on the 100. Um, I didn't think it was appropriate to drop some F-bombs and to generally rant and rave. Uh, I, I do that purely at home in the comfort of my office when I'm grumbling about some aspect of cricket. Uh, as you all know, it feels so uh, important and personal to you that uh, aspects of all cricket in terms of whether England are, are picking Joe Root uh, and playing him in the right order in the batting or uh, where, where Yorkshire are doing and uh, anything in between, really. Uh, it all matters. It's all really important and it gets you going, doesn't it? So that's certainly the case with 100, but I do appreciate it's not been the cheeriest of podcasts so far hopefully balanced but i'll let you be the judge of that so if we were to look at the hundred and go well what's the benefit well i'll tell you a benefit right off the bat so to speak and that's for cricket clubs and grassroots cricket now various interviews from various people uh, i've read that the hundred is going to generate vast amounts of money for the grassroots game now i am a little bit cynical until that money is uh, bouncing into bank accounts and uh, facilities and everything else are going up. But I am led to believe that there's large amounts of money that are being put aside and have been budgeted uh, in terms of developing cricket clubs and grassroots cricket in terms of different programs uh, and, yes, supporting uh, more people playing and enabling them in different ways to access the game and to enjoy it. Um, does that not sound like a positive? Of course it does. Is it worth the offset of all the other things we talked about earlier, well, that really depends on your view of the game uh, holistically. Uh, and also, if you have any interest whatsoever in grassroots cricket, I do. I'm absolutely obsessed with it. Uh, and I think it's fantastic if there's going to be a cash injection um, because it certainly needs it. It needs more money uh, right at the grassroots, just uh, in terms of Yorkshire club cricket, which is, I suppose, my specialism, if I have any. Uh, I do see facilities being upgraded. I see clubhouses being built and pavilions and sight screens and all the rest of it. And that doesn't happen by magic. There's money being made available year after year. But there could always be more. There could always be a lot more, frankly. So if this, as a byproduct of the 100, encourages people to play cricket uh, and also um, injects a, a big whoosh of cash into club cricket coffers and community programs and just helps people of any age background and interest uh, to take up the game or to possibly reconnect with it again then I hope you agree with me then that has got to be a cheery part of this podcast. Well I suppose that's it for another edition of the Cricket Yorkshire podcast. Uh, I thought it would be something a bit different because I often focus on grassroots cricket and the issues around, say, club cricket and and what have you. So I thought it would be interesting just to talk briefly around something involving the professional game that's coming down the road. And I know that the 100 is something that really spurs debate and, uh, frankly, winds people up uh, if they are opposed to the 100. But equally, there's those out there I've seen on social media that are really looking forward to something that's new and vibrant and uh, a little bit shorter with the 100 balls. 
Uh, and obviously those in cricket that are running the show are hoping this will be a, a massive success in the coming months and years. So I guess we'll have to wait and see. If I can leave you with something to ponder, uh, first of all, obviously, I, I really uh, appreciate everyone out there that's listens to the Cricket Yorkshire podcast. Um, we've got loads and loads of people from across the world that tune in. It's not a podcast that's every week. I tend to dip in and out uh, if there's an issue I, I think that will be worth addressing on here. So it peaks and troughs in terms of the frequency, but I'll try and be a bit more frequent than perhaps I have been in the past. But uh, looking at the stats, as you do, um, yeah, it's fantastic to have listeners from not just Yorkshire, obviously, or even England, but all over the world that tune in and, and hopefully get something rewarding out of my ramblings on all things cricket so thank you very much to all of you and i think we'll just wrap it up but i'd really love to hear from you on social media if you've got some views on the hundred then by all means sharpen your keyboards and um, remember you're only limited to a few hundred characters so try and be succinct (laughs) and uh, i'd really love to hear your views either on twitter so i'm at cricket yorks on there or there's a Cricket Yorkshire Facebook page if you want to um, possibly um, elaborate a bit more in terms of your thoughts on the 100 and, and the future. But talking about the future, if I could leave you one last point. If we imagine five, ten years into the future, the 100 is bedded in. And my question to you is, what do you think the 100 will look like in five years' time? And as a sort of add-on to that, uh, what do you think the landscape for English and Welsh cricket will be? So what will the county championship be like in five to ten years' time and the other shorter formats that currently exist? So that's something to ponder as you go about your life and uh, your day-to-day stuff. I, I hope you're doing well wherever you are and whatever you're up to. And until next time, thank you very much for listening to the podcast.